2 Timothy chapter 3. How about that? We'll go there. Second Timothy chapter 3. I'm going to start tonight by re reiterating something that you all know, but who, who might ever be looking doesn't know, that we will not be here for the tribulation. Let's just end that discussion and, uh, and uh, trust me, I've got lots of reasons that I can back that up. I'll bring them, in, I'll bring them anytime, but we're going to go on to other things. We, we believe that and we know that. We will not be here during the tribulation. The long plan of God. The long plan of God. You know, his people treat him like he's a reactionary. That he gets up every day saying, I wonder what's in this day. And I wonder, wonder how we're going to handle it, Holy Ghost. Jesus, you got any insight on this about how we're going to handle it? No telling what's down the pike. He's got a long plan. He's been doing this a long time. He knew it before it happened. And so the way he handles the world, us, is exactly how we would expect him to. Sometimes people get a little sideways with the Lord saying, well, why, why didn't he heal my baby? And why didn't he keep me from losing my job? Or all the things that uh, when they say good things happen, bad things happen to good people. Well, it's never God. He's got the long plan. And the long plan is he didn't want any of us sick or to lose our job. And, uh, but there's dispensations. And the Lord is walking us through time. And we have to locate where we are. We're in this dispensation. But we're at a very, a very timely time in the kingdom of God. It's been going on 6,000 years. And he's getting to the funnest part of the whole thing. Whatever it is on the roller coaster that everybody got on the ride for, that's, that's what's in front of us, uh, the best part. Uh, I like to say, instead of dispensations, these are seasons in the Lord. And they're, they're as predictable as spring, summer, fall, and winter. Uh, you could call them administrations, that he's got a different thing, like fruit that's in season has different uh, times and seasons. You know, when it's strawberry season, we're all in. When it's cantaloupe season, we're all in. But then those go away and it's apple season. And so we, we understand that. There's these, these steps that God makes that progresses. And we not only can predict what's about to happen, but we can know not only from the word, but from his long-term plan. He's got a long plan. And we're not just stuck in, in 1836 where it's going to be the same 1745 and 1211 and 802 and all that. It's not, it's not the same now as it was then. It's different. And so... Uh, the first the first epoch, as it were, was that and we're not going to go through these, but I'll just name them the, the season of innocence. Where Adam and Eve were innocent and they fell. And then there was the the season of the dispensation of conscience and there was judgment where God said this thing is going the wrong way. And I've got to find one man and his wife and his children and I got to steer this thing another way or I'm going to lose the whole thing. And that was the season of conscience. 
And then, then after they recovered from the flood, there was the season or the epic or the dispensation of human government. And that, that's where they, I've always read, who knows, I don't know, but that they built the Tower of Babel so that they could never be washed out again. They built one high so they, you know, I don't know how many thought, they thought they could stay up there, but that they would be above the floodwaters. And that didn't work either. Every one of these was a, a mess up. And then there was the season of family where he begat the Jews and they went down to Egypt and then they got taken out. It was that epic of time where Moses was in and Joshua was in. Then uh, we had the law where Moses rose up and brought down the tablets from Sinai and we had the dispensation of the law. And that, that thing ran a good little course. It ran 2,000 years uh, until the Lord Jesus. And the Lord Jesus ended that and now we're in the season of grace. But it's, 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 it's like a seasonal change. Deborah told me that it might get down to 29 tonight, but that next week it's going to be back up in the 40s at night. And then it'll, it'll, it'll crash and go down, and then it'll go up, and then in December it'll be cold every night. So we're in that bleed over, that gradient, that, that between the two dispensations, we're in that right now. And it's pretty exciting. Uh, it was that way for John the Baptist. John the Baptist was preaching uh, repent and be baptized. Well, that had, that had never happened before. But he was on the edge of the dispensation from the law into the season of grace. And so he was bleeding over. There was some of, some of the new that was in the old that was not really there, but it was there as it was going over. In other words, it doesn't just stop one day and the Lord said, we're turning the calendar page and now we're going to start a new whole thing. It's a gradient. It, it eases in and it eases out. And that's what we're in. The, the Lord did that uh, even in many dispensations where he had the, uh, the season in the early 1900s of Azusa Street. Because that had been lost. Baptism of the Holy Ghost had been lost. So he, he, he gave a double dip of that. And all the Pentecostal churches, the Church of God, the Assembly of God and all those, uh, they were all started there and launched out of that. And then he got into the 40s. And I guess he noticed that healing had been lost. So he put, a, a, to coincide with Israel getting, becoming a state, something happened in the natural. Well, it happened in the supernatural. We had a healing revival for 11 years from 1948 to 1959 or so. It, there was a bleeding in and a bleeding out. And then after that, we had the charismatic thing, which is as it was bleeding out, I got baptized in the Holy Ghost, 1980. It was just about over. It was tapering off in 78 and 79, but there was a squeak that was still there. And so uh, I slipped in in 1980, which then started the Word of Faith movement because the Lord was fixing stuff. We, we didn't have it. It was not emphasized. He didn't mean for that to be the last thing that we did. He just wanted it to be emphasized so we'd get it in us. So we did. We got healing in us. We got the Holy Ghost in us. We got the gifts of the Spirit in us. Then we got the word of faith, the word in us. And so we're, we're in that now that we're not only at the end of these minis, 
but we're the end of the season of grace. And one way you know that is just from the word, but you know it also just by time. He's got this thing on a calendar that 6,000 days corresponds, 6,000 years corresponds to six days of the creation. And then he rested. He, he went another way. Well, we're at the end of the sixth day, aren't we? The sixth day where a, a day is, is a thousand years. We're at the end of that. And so it's winding down here in old 2023 and four and five or what. But it's a gradient. It's happened already. It's already started. Revival has already started. The move of God has already started. But but here we see in Second Timothy in verse one, it says this. Know also that in the last days, perilous times shall come. In the end of this age, there's going to be great apostasy, great unbelief. It says uh, men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters, proud, and all those things without natural affection. Unthankful, ungrateful. Well, that's happening in the world, would y'all say? Would y'all look outside and say, it's crazy out there? And I guess every generation has looked out there and said, it's crazy out there. I remember, you know, my grandparents just losing it over Elvis and over the Beatles and all that. And, you know, so every generation is doesn't like the new, but it really is something different. But so there's this apostasy in the world. But yet there's a the Lord is is flaming up the church. You might not have noticed it here in America or here in Tuscaloosa, but it's all over the world. We, you know, we just came out of a season, uh, maybe several years ago, where dust was falling out of the ceiling. And used to be that if you went into a meeting, we watched a, a video the other night, you went into a meeting, everybody fell out under the power. And, and, and we're not saying that's over. I'm just saying it was like, that's what you expected is, is uh, you, you want to know where you're landing. <laughs> and, and silly stuff like that. So, so we're in this confluence of two things coming in, apostasy from the world, whereas the Antichrist is rising up. He's going to appear one day, but he's getting ready the day before that. He, he, he's not waiting. He, he can't come. He can't come until we go, but he can get all of his troops together and get his rifles all stocked up and, you know, all his bad things. He's out there. He, he's been there. But the word talks about the Antichrist being there. So it's been 2000 years that he's been roaming around setting stuff up. But the church has always kept him trimmed back. I mean, he tried to do something. He got the dark ages and boy, it was dark. If you think it's dark now with we got churches, the Holy Ghost and everybody's born again. Just think about the dark ages when they said those are dark ages. And so it was. But uh Martin Luther got the word and we're not we're not saved by works anymore. We're saved by grace and a whole new a new a whole new chapter was open. So we're in a flow is what I'm trying to say. We're in a flow. There's a lot of things going on. You throw your sock in the washing machine and, you know, it goes under and then it comes up over here and then it goes under there and it comes up over there. But it's in there. And so our socks are all in the washing machine, so to speak. Uh, you just don't know where they are, but there's a lot going on in that working and there's a lot going on in the kingdom. But how we navigate it is just stay straight, not react, but take hold of everything. Take hold of 
of Azusa Street. Get filled with the Holy Ghost. Speak in other tongues. Get healed. They say in that 11 years, it was the easiest thing that a person could do was to get healed. If you get in the right place, it just happened. Well, he was showing out. He just sort of suspended faith. I don't know how you do that exactly, but, but it, he used his faith or, or something, but it happened. There was great, great miracles, great signs and wonders, and, and it put it in the body where nobody can deny it. It just was so preponderous and so prolific that nobody could deny, oh, that's a bunch of stuff. They did, but, but they couldn't uh, deny it. And then the, pen, then the charismatic thing. Did anybody get the Holy Ghost in the charismatic thing? Or when did y'all get the Holy Ghost after that? Well, anyway, I'm glad you got it. So Jesus turned the page from the law when he went to Calvary and shed his blood on the cross. And he died because he shed his blood. He didn't save us by dying. He saved us by shedding his blood. And there is a difference, and we've talked about it, that if they'd suffocated him, he would have died. Or if they'd bludgeoned him, he would have died. But he would not have redeemed us because it was his blood that redeemed us. But it cost him his life for him to do that. But he paid the penalty for sin when he went into the heart of the earth. And he defeated the devil because he, he was sinless. He was there unlawfully and he could not be held because there was no jurisdiction on him. You could only be in hell if you had sin and he had no sin. Uh, he was sinless. So uh, we are caught up in the rapture any day. I know, you know, you... You got a cousin that keeps saying, I'm going to come see you. I'm going to surprise you sometime. I'm just going to show up at your place. And you go, yeah, yeah. You've been saying that for years. And then by golly, one day he comes and he's got 16 kids. <laughs> so you go, well, these things could happen. And this can happen. And because of the confluence of all these things coming together in our lifetime, what an amazing time to be alive to witness this. What an amazing time to have been in the healing line of Oral Roberts or, or uh, any one of those great men that, that the power of God was just present to heal. And uh, the gifts of the Spirit, just prolific, where uh, uh, brother and sister Goodman were known down in their church in Paradise, uh, Texas, down in Texas, down by Houston. And where they would just, where he, he would turn his back to her and he would act out and speak in the Holy Ghost. And then he'd stop. And then she would act it out, exactly what he did, not seeing him, and speak the interpretation, interpretation of tongues. Just, it just went on all the time. It was as easy as talking. It was as easy as breathing. It was, and Brother Hagin said it was, it was just so amazing, and he'd seen it all. The, that was put in the body not to be teasing us, but to start a fire, to, 
to get it going again, to say, look, look, look. And so it, it's going to take an alert church. It's going to take someone that, that knows what's going on in the bigger picture. It's just like, well, when's God going to do something? That's just not how it works. He's done something. He's doing something. And it's going to take us. Wake up. We're going to have to take hold. And it's going to take all of us. I, I, if I could do it, I would. If I could do it by myself, I would. And we are going to do this all we can. So we are qualified to be caught up because of the blood of Jesus. He didn't have any half, half, uh, any diluted and half strength blood. His blood took care of the sin problem. And so we, we are not perfect, but Jesus is. And he stepped instead for us and made a way for us to be born again. And I agree, uh, that when, when, we're, when we're born again, we become a part of his body. And nobody in here is willing to do without a somewhat insignificant part of your body, your lobe or maybe your little toe or whatever you consider that. Uh, we, we want it all. We don't want to be separated from any of it. And the Lord doesn't want any of us to be separated from his body either. And so when he sees you and me, I just want to get this straight for the rapture's sake, when he sees you and me, we, he sees us in the body. We see ourselves as specific parts. And your fingernail might say, you know, I'm a great fingernail. Let's talk about fingernails. See how I shine, see how I grow, and see how I... It's all about the fingernail. But, you know, we're, we're not... We're, we're thinking about the whole body, and the Lord's thinking about the whole body. And there's no judgment on any part of the body when you're in the body. So we're qualified to be raptured. I, I want to get that straight. I, I think y'all know it in here. Uh, we cannot be here for the tribulation because the nature of the tribulation is judgment. It's wrath. And I can't explain it all, but I could, but I didn't look it up to get it exactly right. But I'll just tell you, the Lord owes the old covenant seven years. He, he owes, the, the Lord owes the old covenant. One, he took one, one seven year period out. And so he's going to give it back and he's going to use it to bring his wrath on the Jews. As you notice, the Romans 2, 4 says, what does it say? It's the goodness of God that leads men to repentance. It's the goodness of God. I was talking about it this week. It's the goodness of God. And almost everybody that you talk to that's backslid or whatever, they talk about how, well, God, God, he put a number on me because he wants me to straighten up. He knows I'm not doing right. And so he just slapped me back. But that's not Bible. That's rationale. That's demon thinking, demon gods. But that's not how God is. But it will be if you don't finally wake up from the goodness of God and turn to your Messiah and don't get born again because you won't look at the goodness of God, how he has saved Israel and delivered all the people. Then there's seven years that if you're alive, you'll go through those. And you won't have the goodness of God. You'll have the wrath of God. Not the first, not the first three and a half years. That'll be God's time. But the second three and a half is going to be, yeah, buddy. So we know you can get, if you miss the rapture, 
And I can tell you, you're gonna, we're all going to be surprised about who missed the rapture. Uh, Pastor West was telling me about uh, a story that's in a movie, uh, Left Behind. And, and in the movie, it was talking about a pastor that every, half the church was gone, but the pastor was still there. And she said, well, it didn't happen because you're here. He said, well, I knew it and I preached it, but I didn't believe it. So those people are going to go through the tribulation and they'll get born again because they know. But they'll pay a price to get through the tribulation. And if they don't get through the tribulation, if they, if they die, well, then they'll be born again. And there's another path, but it's not an easy path, is it? So uh, the church is in revival. Okay, let's, 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 let's cue that up again. The church is in revival. Amen. Amen. We are in revival. And you have to see that. If you do it by action, if you do it by that. First, it starts in here. Bless God. Let's have a move of God in Alabama. Bless God. Let's get something stroking here. Let's, let's light a fire here and light a fire there. Well, we already lit fires there. Nothing happened. Well, let's light them again. We'll light it from the other side. See, that's, that's, that's the kind of perspective we have to have. It's here. We have to find it. It is here. If you look and say, well, it's not here, well, then you won't find it. But we say revival is here. It's here and we're finding it. So we're digging down inside because over the last few years, we could have got a little whatever we could have got like. So the church is going to is is in revival and it looks like it's going to look like just like Acts chapter two, three, four and five fired up. And amazing things happen and people healed and money moving. And after the and after the after the uh, rapture, whew, I mean, it's a blink of an eye. I, we always think about it. Well, you want to hold hands going up? It doesn't happen exactly like that. It's, it's like it's like blink and you're there. But nevertheless, after that, then is uh, the tribulation. And it won't be like, okay, the paper said the tribulation started at 10 o'clock this morning. Okay, everybody get ready. It's, it's already happening. It'll just start being unimpeded, unopposed, because we're gone. Because we're gone. And there'll be a marked difference. Now, let me just demonstrate that. The nations that are, in, that are terrorists, that have butchered Israeli babies and mamas and grandparents and all, all that, and the atrocities and the, the sociopathic and the psychopathic behavior that they had that was just animal. And that's what they actually call them. This is barbaric. This is, this is below animal. That is the nature of the devil. That's, that's what he, when he can get it in pure form, that's what it looks like. But I'm telling you, without us here, the whole world is going to be tempted to go into that same mode. That's why you don't want to be here for that time is because we are enjoying the grace of God, the goodness of God. And we're holding back all sorts of stuff that we don't really realize it's because of him in us that's making this stuff stuff stop. Uh, so let's go to Ezekiel 38. We got a few minutes. Let's just go over there and just sashay through some scriptures so that we can say we did.
I'm sure you've read them. So we're going to talk about things that are not going to happen. They're going to happen after we're gone. The Ezekiel 38 war, which Joe Morris talks about incessantly and should. It happens after we're gone. He says it might not happen the day or six after it. it might be a few days, might be a while, but that it's escalating right now. Uh, in verse one, it says, And the word of the Lord came unto me, Ezekiel, saying, Son of man, set thy face against Gog, the land of Magog, the chief prince of Meshech and Tubal, and prophesy against them. So um, he's talking to Russia, Turkey, Persia is Iran, Ethiopia, Libya, and Russia. I think that Meshech... Magog and Meshach are Russia. And so those are the players. Well, doggone, this is in the Bible. And this is thousands of years ago that was written. And look who's on the, who's on the battlefield right now. It's all these players. Uh, the, uh, Israel is taking their, their ambassadors out of these nations because of their animosity towards their diplomats. All these nations are in terror. And say, thus saith the Lord God, behold, I am against thee, O Gog, the chief prince of Meshach and Tubal. Boy, if there's ever a bad place to be, <laughs> it'd be when God says, I'm against you. Oh, my. Oh, my. And I will turn thee back and put hooks in thy jaws and I will bring thee forth and all thine army, horses and horsemen, all of them clothed with all sorts of armor, even a great company with bucklers and shields, all of them handling swords. Uh, let's see, let's go on. Persia, Ethiopia, and Libya with them. All of them with shield and helmet. Gomer. Uh, Gomer. That's Turkey. And all his bands and the house of Tog Togarma of the north quarters and all his bands and many people with thee be thou prepared and prepare for thyself, thou and all thy company that are assembled unto thee, and be thou a guard unto them. So verse, uh, verse 8. After many days thou shalt be visited. In the latter years thou shalt come into the land that is brought back from the sword and is gathered out of many people against the mountains of Israel. So there we have Israel. Israel. How do you say it? Israel. Israel. Which have been always waste. But it is brought forth out of the nations and they shall dwell safely, all of them. Thou shalt ascend and come like a storm. Thou shalt be like a cloud to cover the land, thou and all thy bands and many people with thee. Thus saith the Lord God, it shall also come to pass. How many of y'all believe that what he's fixing to say is fixing to come to pass? It's 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 a done deal. Uh, that at the same time shall things come into thy mind and thou shalt think an evil thought. So all these nations are coming up on Israel thinking an evil thought. And thou shalt say, I will go up to the land of unwalled villages. I will go to them that are at rest, that are dwelling safely, all of them dwelling without walls and without neither bars nor gates. So Russia is bankrupt. It is a mess in Russia. The law of seed time and harvest, for, it works for nations too. And so they're a mess. 
In verse 12, it says to take a spoil. They are gathered against Israel to take a spoil. And Joe talks about how Israel uh, provides Europe with 90% of their produce and their citrus. 90%. Have y'all looked at how big Israel is on the map? Have y'all taken a little gander at that? You, you, don't, you don't just put your hand on it. You, you, gotta, you gotta lean in. It's little. New Jersey, they say. So this is a God thing. Why are they mad at the Jews? Why are they mad at Israel? Why, why are they so, so mad? Why are the Palestinians so, so mad and adamant from the river to the sea? Which that's just saying we want to obliterate Israel. We don't anymore want to cohabitate with them. We want to take them out. Why are they so mad? This is a God thing. But back, but back in the Holocaust, we talked about the other night, the Germans were able to annihilate and take out millions of Jews. And he did nothing about it, or little. And then after the World War II was over, they strapped Germany with some sanctions and some things. But basically, you know now, Germany is the wheelhouse for Europe. They've prospered since the Holocaust. And it just seems so unfair. And you look, you look at religious people and they look at that and they go, this is so unfair. Your God is so wishy-washy. But the truth is, God is exactly on his word. And we need to know it for this day. And this is why we're teaching this. So we know in this day that what God says is how it is. And he said the church had the authority in the kingdom. He said it was the church, that he didn't have the, the, the option to just come down and just wail out the Germans and the Nazis and all that, that, that and protect the Jews. Would he want to? Of course. Did he, not, did he like it? Not at all. But he could not. And that tells us what he cannot today. We, we see injustice. We see things wrong. And we step back and said, God, why? Why would you allow that? Why, if, you, if you're a God of love, why would you allow that? We hear that all the time. It's because the church has got all the authority. We've got the big badge. It's on the church. It's in the church. And we have it. And the church is responsible for the Holocaust. Because they They ran. They ran. And car makers, big car makers, saddled up with the Nazis because it was a money-making machine and gave them equipment and, and all cars and, and airplanes and everything. It happened. People, people used it to profiteer. But the truth is, the church didn't do anything. And we knew what was going on. I mean, we didn't know it all. Nobody knows it all, but we knew what was going on. And you go, that just seems like, why would he do that? Because he doesn't turn it on and off. He doesn't turn authority to the church on and then say, that's enough. Y'all are getting a little, little bold of that and turn it back. We've always had it, but we've never known we've had it. And so if you don't know you have it, it's just the same as if you don't have it. And so the Jews suffered. But you know, now just to have the other side of justice... The Jews can get born again every day. And then they'll have the authority of the church. 
but they've rejected their Messiah over and over and over. And he's in the word. He's just all over the word uh, that he's there. So in verse 12, it says to take a spoil and to take a prey, to turn thine hand upon the desolate places that are now inhabited and upon the people that are gathered out of the nations, which have gotten cattle and goods that dwell in the midst of the land. So it's talking about Israel. All of these nations. Russia's a big boy. I mean, 11 time zones. There's only 24. And they cover 11 of them. It takes, it takes a week to get across it. Pastor Avery goes across it sometimes. And it takes him two days by train to get to the, to the next town. Yeah, it's, it's vast. And Israel, how, how big is it? 45 miles wide or long or something? It's, it's, it, yeah, it's little, postage stamp. Then he says, uh, Sheba and Dedan and the merchants of Tarshish with all the young lions. Young lions, y'all know who that is. Young lions are the colonies of Great Britain. And so that would be the United States. The USA is in scripture. Uh, with all the young lions thereof shall say unto thee, art thou come to take a spoil? Hast thou gathered thy company to take a prey, to carry away silver and gold, to take away cattle and goods, to take a great spoil? And so now we have other nations that are involved that are going to side with Israel. So uh, there's... Uh, there's Saudi Arabia. Let's see, have I got that right? Saudi Arabia is, uh, I didn't mark it, so it's one of those. Uh, Spain, Europe, Great Britain, and America. So right now the controversy in, in the USA is which way are we going to go? Are we going to go to Hamas or are we going to support Israel? Which way are we going to go? We, we don't have something that's driven in the ground that nobody can move. It just wavers from president to president to Congress to Congress. And you know, a good friend doesn't do that. A good friend says, forever. We shaky, we, we're, we're forever. And this does not bode well for the U.S. This does not bode well when you go into the judgment of the nations that we hesitate I mean, we haven't, but there's lots of op opposition, you know. Uh, uh, let's see, where am I? Well, one, th one reason that all this happens, as we know, is the church is gone. And w weak as we may think the church is, we have all the power. And so it doesn't matter that, that most of the church doesn't know it. We do. We do. And so tonight we set ourselves for 15 minutes to declare and say what our authority covers and what it will do and what won't be done under our watch. And we declared a thing and it was established unto us. So it doesn't have to be everybody. Matter of fact, the worst thing you can do is if you got somebody in trouble in your church is to call an all night prayer meeting and have everybody come. Well, never mind about that. Just pretend I didn't say that. Hallelujah. So this is the part where the Messianic Jews, 144,000 of them. Sorry to the JVs, uh, the, the, the JWs. Sorry about y'all. It's not y'all. It's the Messianic Jews that are going to rise up and they're going to be 
evangelizing the Jews. Well, guess what they're already doing? They're already having visions. Pam talked about dreams. They're already having dreams and visions right now on this side. And there's and Jesus is appearing to them and they're getting born again and they're they're then they're getting their family born again and they're and it, they're getting ready. They're they're loading up to line up. And so this thing is just playing out. It's kind of like the trailer of a movie where you watch it and you kind of know what's happening except for one part. And that's what we, we're getting to watch. So uh, there's going to be on a contrast. People think there's going to be this great harvest before the rapture. There is going to be a move of God, I believe. I believe there is going to be a move of God. But after we're gone and these Messianic Jews get going and they start and conditions are hard and they know the Bible, but they didn't believe the Bible. But now they're believing the Bible. There's going to be like 200 million people born again. It's going to be the greatest harvest that's ever been in the church. 200 million. Or so, it might be more. Might, I don't know. You know, nobody knows, but it, it's vast. What's going to happen? And you go, well, well, golly, I'm glad God thought about that. Well, He did think about that, and He did put that in order, and that's how it's going to be. Well, let's finish this before we, we, uh, are we in verse uh, 14? Therefore, Son of Man, prophesy and say unto Gog. Oh, my, here's some words. Thus saith the Lord God, in that day when my people of Israel dwell safely, shall thou not know it? And thou shalt come from thy place out of the north parts, thou and many people with thee, all of them riding upon horses, a great company and a mighty army. And thou shalt come up against my people of Israel as a cloud to cover the land. It shall be in the latter days and I will bring thee against my land. Here it is that the heathen may know me when I shall be sanctified in thee, O God, before their eyes. That the heathen may know me. So he's been talking, but now he's going to go to show and tell. He's been saying, this is how it's going to be. Y'all need, need to turn. Don't be one of those religions, those 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 things that have moon, the moon God and and false gods and demon gods. I'm the true God. And they said, no, thank you. But he's going to demo this. And I believe. The world's never seen what's fixing to happen. In that time, it's going to be demonstrable. It's going to be compelling. Uh, let's see where I am. Uh, Verse 17, thus saith the Lord God, art thou he of whom I have spoken in old time by my servants, the prophets of Israel, which prophesied in those days many years that I would bring thee against them. And it shall come to pass at the same time when Gog shall come against the land of Israel, saith the Lord, that my fury shall come up in my face. For in my jealousy and in my fire of my wrath have I spoken. Surely in that day there shall be a great shaking in the land of Israel. And it goes on. See, we're not going to be here. That can't happen. 
there'd be collateral damage if we were here. And the Lord, he, he, he can't lose one of us to judge all of them. He can't lose not one of us. It's not like, well, that, that's pretty good. That was not bad. He can't lose one of us. His plan is perfect. His ways are precise. They are excellent. And he, he, he just like he, he lifted up Noah, so he's going to lift up. He, he took Lot out. He's, he's taking us out. So we're going. So Jesus is coming. I'm telling you. And the question that we would all just have to ask, and this, this is sobering. We'll just say it because it needs to be said. Are we doing what we need to be doing with our one and only life in the, what Joe Morris calls the two-minute warning? Do we need, are we doing it? Have we stopped ourselves and said, let's take inventory. Let's analyze our schedule. Let's make sure that we're, that we're in sync with the times because you wouldn't want to be out of step with the Lord in these times. They're exponential. There's been seasons where it didn't matter. Seasons in the, in the 30s where it didn't matter. You just served God the best you could. It didn't matter. I don't mean it didn't matter, but it was not consequential. But we're in a time, we're the, we're the exception generation that will never die. There's never been a people like us. There's just a handful or eight uh, men that have been raptured that never died. But other than that, everybody's had to die. But we won't. what I believe. It's no big deal one way or the other because if you go on the ground you'll just come right back up. But I kind of like the, the thrill of being that elite bunch, the exception generation. I think that's cool that if we got, if we got born in this generation we ought to be able to ride it out and say I, I went to the end of it. Well amen? Amen. Amen. So we're all looking. We're looking. What, Lord, if you're starting a revival here, if you're, if you're stirring us up, if there's a move of God, you want me to throw my log on the fire? My branch? My, yeah, go ahead and see what'll happen. Well, it might get bigger. Yeah, it might get bigger. It might take the whole city of Tuscaloosa. In Jesus' name, there is a move of God in Tuscaloosa County in our lifetime. There is a move of God. And things that were will be no more. And things that are will be established in Tuscaloosa County. We are all here because of something bigger than us. You may have just lived here and didn't move. Or you may have lived somewhere else and moved here. It doesn't matter. He wants you here because this is where it's going to happen. It's the most unlikely place you can imagine. But here we are. Hallelujah. Praise God.